I could do that all day, just sit and listen to Lori tell stories on rainy afternoons, right? It's such a Mr. Rogers moment. I just, I, I just feel my, I want to suck my thumb and drool a little bit. Uh, but uh, that's awesome. I'm glad we've introduced that. And um, another thing happens um, we, that is such a nice, a delightful, I guess, surprise is that um, we didn't, I didn't know what the story was. And every once in a while, you know, something happens where you realize all these elements of the morning come together in a really special way. So, uh, for instance, we picked out the songs to match the sermon, but I did not know what the story was. And the story plays really well into what we're going to look at today, uh, this morning, as far as our passage goes. So as I mentioned before, it's, it's All Saints Day. In the, uh, I'm not sure which traditions uh, celebrate this. I'm fairly certain uh, it's a Catholic holiday um, where they remember saints and celebrate saints and looking back. Um, but with a transition into a new spot and... Um, All Saints Day being uh, today, I thought it might be good to talk about remembering. Um, because these kind of transitions are really good. We were outside this morning, and it was John that reminded me. He says uh, it was raining, and he said it didn't rain on a Sunday. For the whole summer, we were outside. Those kind of things are good to remember. Um, I believe uh, the way that Thomas Point Beach fell into our laps, uh, that God had directed that. Um, and uh, kept us out there. A little cold, a little chilly last week, but um, we were dry. Um, I guess it was sprinkling. Uh, one of the weeks Lisa and I were gone, I guess when Graham said he was driving in to lead things that morning, it, he was wondering if it was going to rain, but we were dry every Sunday. Um, <clears throat> and so remembering, actually, is we, we're going to depart from Acts just a little bit. Um, but we do see that... Um, Remembering is, is, is an important thing in Acts. And it's hard, I think it's easy to forget that. Because in the book of Acts, you see the, the church growing. You have this starting point of Jerusalem and an ending point of Rome. And it just feels like everything's moving, moving, moving forward, forward. But there are little things, little clues in there um, that the author throws in that reminds us that remembering things is, is important. So, for example, um, I think it's in Acts chapter 3, Luke heals uh, a man who cannot walk. Later on, Paul heals a man who cannot walk. And they are very similar. The way they're depicted is very similar. And it's very similar to what Jesus does earlier in the book of Luke. And that is Luke's way of showing us that Paul, the works of Paul and the things that he's doing and the things that Peter are doing, Point back to Jesus. Remind us that Jesus is the one that heals. Um, so there's ways of pointing back to things that have already happened. Um, also, uh, Paul, we have his amaz- amazing conversion story, in, um, or his calling, however you want to refer to that, in Acts chapter 9, and he tells it again uh, two other times in the book of Acts. So, Paul, when he's telling a story, looks back to this incredible moment where uh, he has this encounter with Jesus, he's blinded, and um, he has uh, a new mission in life, uh, uh, life, a new calling. 
And he tells that story twice. And you got to wonder, like, uh, in fact, last week, I think we read a, a, a moment where Paul has a vision of Jesus while he's in prison. But we don't see that repeated. Um, he's repeating that conversion story that we see in Acts chapter 9. And I think part of it is because that is so transformational to him. In other words, God is still at work in Paul's life, doing things, obviously. But he keeps pointing back to that one incredible story. And it's so transformational. Transformation, it's easy to forget sometimes that we are being transformed into the image of Christ. It's not a self-help journey where we kind of take bits and pieces and, 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 and work on those things. It's a transformation. And that's radical. Um, it's scary. It's frightening. Um, but it's also something I think we deeply desire. And so Paul points back um, to that story when he tells his story. Um, and he brings other people into that story. He shares it. I think that 2020 um, can be similar to the book of Acts where we're just trying to get beyond where we're at. We're trying to get beyond this. Um, wondering when. I've already told stories of, or, or just made reference to New Year's Eve. I, I could care less about New Year's Eve. I cannot remember the last time I celebrated it. Um, I just, I'm too tired. I'm going to go to bed. But this year, um, it, you know, if, if I thought that really this pandemic would be behind us, I'm ready for a party that night to say goodbye to 2020 and hello to 2021. I think that 2020 is going to be a catchphrase for bad days. Like in the future, five years down the road, if you have one of those days, you're going to say it's a 2020 day, right? Um, <clears throat> and so I think that... Uh, <laughs> thank you. It slips down and I start chewing on it. It's getting kind of gross. All right. So... Um, During this time, as I was reminded by John, even uh, this morning, that even with 2020, it's good to look back and see what God has done. And I think God has been very active, and the Spirit of God has been very active, perhaps not in ways that we were expecting, not in ways that we had hoped for, maybe. Maybe it's different. Um, but I know for me, there's been a lot of reflection on what God is doing and up to. Um, and so I want to, we're going to take a moment and uh, uh, share prayers of gratitude just in, in a few moments uh, to remember what God has been doing um, up until this point in 2020. Um, but I want to talk about remembering. We're going to go to the book of Joshua, actually, Joshua chapter 4. And the context here is on the, on the tales of uh, what we uh, just saw Lori sharing with us. Israel has been delivered from Egypt. They were slaves. And there's been all these incredible things that have happened in the desert. They spent 40 years in the desert wandering around. And there's been just an incredible amount of uh, things that God has been doing. And, and if we really want to trace this back, we, we would go back to Genesis 12, where God promises Abraham that he will have a great family and that they will come into this land of promise. So in Joshua chapter 4 is when they're entering into that promise. I mean, this is, 
many, 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 many years, hundreds of years, right? And now this promise is coming filled in Joshua chapter 4. There it is. You know, it's a, an incredible moment celebrating the transformation of this people that were slaves um, and going into this promised land. And during that time, there was, they were delivered from Egypt. They built a tabernacle. There were plagues. There were war. There were pillars of fire and columns of smoke, water from rock, quail from the sky, bread on the ground every morning to feed them. Um, it's incredibly, it's incredible what God has been doing. These monumental things that you would think, how could we ever forget what God has done? But we're forgetful. We are forgetful. So this happens as they're, they're ready to, you know, this major part of the promise, they're crossing in. And it says in Joshua 4, verse 1, it says, When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. And so just as a context, they took that Ark of the Covenant, they walked into the river, and the water stopped. The water separated, just like we saw in the Exodus story. And the priests are standing there in the middle of this border. Those borders, rivers and things like that in the, old, in the Hebrew Bible are, are very important crossing over. It's something new. You're going into a, a new chapter of Israel's life. They're going to be a nation. Take, the 12, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. And we're going to skip down uh, to verse 21. Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future your children will ask, What do these stones mean? And stones in Hebrew is Evan or Eben. And so in the next song we're going to sing, uh, there's a line that says, Here I raise my Ebenezer. Ebenezer is this pile of stones. What do these stones mean? Then you will, you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so that all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful and so you might fear the Lord your God forever. So these stones, you know, the idea is that in the future generations, like, you know, people traveling, they see this pile of stones or this circle of stones. Some people think it was maybe a circle of stones. What does this mean? It's a, it's a teachable moment to remember this is what God has done. God did something very powerful here, and we can now share this story of God's power, of God's faithfulness. Right? This is a big deal when we get to the New Testament with Jesus, the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of Jesus in um, suffering on our behalf, the faithfulness of God of raising him on the third day. So remembrance is this way to relive this experience, and it's a teaching moment for future generations. And you'd think with all those incredible things, yeah, of course we'll remember it. Those stories will never die in history. But I don't know. Maybe they will. 
And this is so important to set this up so we, we remind ourselves that God showed up during this difficult time, wandering 40 years in the desert. And there's something really fascinating. Uh, I'm going to geek out a little bit here with the grammar, but in 23, in verse 23, um, well, in verse 22, uh, the way this progresses, it says, uh, God says, this is, tell, tell the people, when, when your future generations ask about these stones, it says, this is where the Israelites, so he's talking about them, the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Now check this out. For the Lord your God, now it's you, the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until we were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we, first person, had all crossed over. He did this so the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful. So you have them and you and we, and there's something that happens when we share stories. We take that powerful, transformational moment and we're bringing other people into it. This is very important in Jewish history. right? When you celebrate the Passover, one of the kids asks questions. Why do we have bitter herbs? Why do we eat this? Why do we eat this? And the parents tell the story of what happened. And it's a way of saying that the deliverance is not just then, it's now. God is faithful, God is powerful, and God is still faithful, and God is still powerful. So by sharing that story, we are bringing people into it. We are bringing people into that moment of transformation and power and faithfulness and deliverance. And we relive it, not just for ourselves, but for others. And here, he says, you've got to set up a memorial because you will forget. We forget. The squeaky wheel gets the attention. The trials get the attention. We do this all the time. We just do it with prayer. We bring other people, we bring their requests in so that they, people can share in our burdens. This is a way of bringing the story in so we can share in the transformation we can share in the power and the deliverance of God for ourselves, our neighbors, our families, our future generations. Does that make sense? We live it. We relive it together. And the purpose is so that people will know these stories bear witness to God's power in our community, in the future community, and other communities out. As we go back to the book of Acts, it's being the church is growing and moving further and further where God's transformation is being brought as Paul tells his story. We do this a, a little bit. It's good to have family practices um, and it comes in different ways at our house. If, if we're having a family meal on a Friday, um, one of the questions we ask is how did you, where did you see God in the previous week? We just simply look back in the last week. Um, one of the things that we've done, we have an old chalkboard out by the, the back porch that overlooks the backyard. Uh, it was left there when we bought the house. And what we do is we take a moment at the end of summer and we talk about all that we did and then we write it on the chalkboard. Um, 
And in my own reflections, a few years ago, a friend of mine came up who was instrumental in leading me to Christ. And we sat in the family room till two in the morning, sharing stories about that one month where, we had, where I had come to faith. And it was so powerful for me to remember the, piece, the pieces that I had forgotten, that Doug was able to share, um, and some of which were just amazing. And I forgot that God was working that powerfully in my time, in, in, at that time in my life. And so thankfulness, practicing thankfulness and gratitude are sort of these antidotes to forgetfulness. Um, and so what we're going to do today um, is we're going to do one of those times where we just share short, short prayers um, of what God has been doing. And perhaps it's 2020, or it might be something else. Um, um, so, for example, what we will do is, I would say, God, we thank you that we were able to worship outside every single weekend this summer. This is my prayer, and then you would all respond, this is our prayer. And so we're going to uh, open up that time right now. Um, our voices are a little muffled, so speak loudly. And um, I will start, and uh, we can continue, and I'll close this when it seems like things are uh, winding down. So let's unite our hearts in prayer as we remember and we give thanks. God, I believe that your spirit has been at work turning and turning the soil of our hearts during this time, that it's been um, a little surreal, but I believe powerful as we listen to your spirit, as you um, perhaps reveal the things uh, that we need to see, the things that we need to feel, the things that we need to hear, um, since we've had so much social change back in March. We thank you, uh, even though it's difficult at times, for your work in our lives. This is my prayer.
This is our prayer. our prayer. God, I'm reminded of uh, the moment, the time where our launch team toured Mount Ararat. We walked into the auditorium and there was a huge screen that said, the Lord will provide, um, which is strange for a public school. Um, And we noted that. um, We saw beyond the circumstances and saw you at work. And you are still providing. We thank you for this space. Um, We thank you for all the churches that have been here ahead of us, that have worshipped and prayed, that have celebrated and shed tears in this space, that we can be a part of um, that story as well. We're grateful um, for this space. We pray that you would continue to lead as we enter this month focused a bit more on thanksgiving. I pray that the discipline of gratitude and thanksgiving would be close to our hearts all this month and as we approach Advent, um, as we close the church year and as we approach the end of um, our calendar year. And uh, I echo John's sentiment that... um, uh, Uh, Our politics uh, can get really nasty, it seems, lately. Um, So we pray for um, grace and your power in the weeks to come. And pray for our leaders uh, that they would demonstrate grace and leadership, good leadership, just leadership. Um, We ask this in the power of Jesus' name. Our God who is faithful to us, in Jesus' name.